good afternoon, good evening. Hello. Mm-hmm. This is the Keith Battle Podcast. Yes, it is. Who are you? <laughs> this is AB. Asha Battle. Well. And this is the takeover. Y'all ready? Well, we have no choice. You are controlling the soundboard, <laughs> the recording, the devices. It's about to get real. Uh-oh. I have no idea what's about to happen, y'all. I was told I was going to be interviewed by my daughter. So it's just she and I. So, Lord, bless our time. <laughs> Good morning. M- buenos dias. Good morning to you. How you doing? I'm doing well. Doing well. You nervous? I say, yeah, probably a little, because I don't know what you, I don't know where these questions are going. I don't know what I'm about to be asked. Asked. It's a hard word well, to say. Well, you come on here and ask everybody else questions. Yes, I do. So I figured it's your turn to shine. Well, some oftentimes my guests get their answers in it get their questions in advance i didn't get any so uh it has to be organic okay well that's what it's gonna be organic so you know people you kind of live in these streets people people actually like you (laughs) (laughs) like they be trying to get on your calendar and stuff and I don't have to get on your calendar. I have direct access to you. You do. You so do. So why not take advantage of that? Amen. You have. <laughs> so here's a question. Mm-hmm. Why do you think people like you so much? I can give you my perspective. I say you start with that. That'll be one less question I got to answer. But you have to answer it after I answer. Okay, I'll do that. I think people, you know, like that you keep it, keep it real. You keep it a hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, you're humorous. Mm-hmm. That that helps. Um, you are charismatic. Okay. You, you got good energy. Good, yeah. And you can I'll keep a that. crowd engaged. Okay. So what I, what would you say? You know, it de- it depends on the people you're talking about, but generally the people. If you say why do people like me, I think it's, I think it's the transparency, that um, you know, they can relate to. We can relate to each other's brokenness. Like, I'm just talking as one broken person to another broken person about how to how to heal, like how to get better, how to, hmm. you know, that's. It's, I'm, I, I try not to talk to people as if um, they're broken and I'm not. Yeah, that's good. So I think pastorally, because that isn't historically how it happens, I think that may be kind of attractive to people. And and I think there's a reason why that happens, too, historically. I don't, I don't mean to throw shade at other pastors, but pastoring is such a fishbowl job. Like, you're under such... Um, you're, you're under the microscope and then people are so judgmental of pastors mm-hmm. that a lot of pastors don't feel safe opening up and mm-hmm. saying, you know, these are my struggles. Like, you know, I have an eating disorder or I have or I or I have I've struggled with pornography or I, I um, 
I, you know, I'm I'm abusive or I'm angry or I struggle with depression. Like, mm-hmm. like I think I think pastors have a have a real phobia about opening up like that because there's such a standard that is expected of pastors that's not really realistic because they're human. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, some of them have been burned. Like they open up and then you know before you know it, it's it's a conversation amongst the congregation. And then the tabloids, and then yeah, the then news, you, and then everything. You short, then you short, because how dare that man be a preacher? Right. So I, t- I kind of circumvented that process by just standing up in front of the whole church and just saying stuff. Like, you don't have to gossip. It's, on right. the, it's in the sermon. Right, right. Yeah, I got anger problems, eating problems. I got lust problems. I got a lot of problems. So, we all got issues. Yeah, so I think... Removing that barrier mm-hmm. makes people maybe that might be one of the reasons why people like me. If that's yeah, that makes sense. But I'll, I mean, I think your your list is true as well. So yeah, that would be the only thing I would add to it. Yeah, yeah, and I got that drip. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you think you that. are so fly, huh? Nah, I just I'm 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 okay. I'm okay. You've been doing. You've been doing pretty well, though. I've been getting. I've been doing better. Mm-hmm. I'm getting in shape. I'm getting in shape. So you know, you can wear different. You can. You have more. You have more drip options. Oh. When you're when you when you're smaller. That's true. It's hard to be fat and drip. Yeah. That fat drip is. is it's tricky. too aggressive. It's tricky. Yeah, because stuff. You can walk around looking like. Mm, yeah, because like, you know, just your size doesn't. Your size actually doesn't um, eliminate your your style, your flavor. Like style is is intuitive. It's not it's not weight related. Mm-hmm. So you can have a person who's who may not be who may be big, but they got their style is like really really high. Right. So you know, so it's unfortunate that you know there's certain fashion genres that just work better for smaller people it's just like the fashion industry is just like you just have to anyway i don't know what i'm talking about i don't know how we got into that well that's because we're both stylish individuals yeah and we could talk about that all day we are we are we do that people think you pick out my clothes and i I I want to go always come up to me and ask me did you pick out your dad's outfit yeah like i have no let's set the record straight he actually can dress sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> and she actually is a Bama sometimes. <laughs> so, I mean, if you're if you're younger than me and I'm your father, where did you get it from? Like my mother. On. Yeah, she has she has some style too. Yeah. She has some style too, but you know, I have had a genetic impact on you as well. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. So, look, when you um when did you realize that you had like these gifts and abilities but that you needed to use to glorify God and his kingdom? Like at what point were you like, Well, I'm relatable, like mm-hmm. and I'm humorous. I can change lives this way. Like when did that light bulb go off in your head? So I look at that question layered like when you ask when did I know that I could use my gifts for the glory of God 
that would be different than when did I discover that I was humorous and I could entertain people, so for example. I probably knew that when I was six years old. And I remember the first time I put on a show. Um, my uncle, who lived in Colorado at the time, who's recently passed away, had a big dinner for our entire family on my mother's side of the family in D.C. And we were at a restaurant. I don't remember the restaurant, but he had reserved an area that was secluded. And he was at the head of one table. He was at the head of the table. And so all of my aunts and uncles and nieces and nephews, it had to be 30 people at the table. And I just remember just doing comedy at the table. Like I was entertaining people, being silly, making my cousins laugh. six? I was six. But I, I was just doing silly stuff. Like it wasn't like it was just slapstick. It wasn't it wasn't like I wasn't telling jokes. I was just being silly, being funny. But I had the end of our table, the section where I was laughing. And of course, my cousins were laughing. But even a couple of the younger aunts and uncles may have thought it was humorous. But I knew then that I had something special that could ca that could kind of take over a moment. Like that's crazy so, at the age of six. Yeah, I knew I was, a, and then that became uh, developed into a class clown in school, and you know, being able to crack a class up or say a joke, and I still do that. Like you know, um, and that was, and I, that's genetic too. Like my father, by my father and my mother, straight clowns. Mm -hmm. My brother, it's only four of us oh biologically. My all clowns so you know sometimes you get that too like you disinherited like i yeah. don't understand why i got in trouble for it like i had no choice like <laughs> all four of us joan yeah so you know we have a word here in the dmv called joan mm -hmm. it means you play the dozens you crack on people you fry people or whatever they're calling it across the country and the world we all do that and mm -hmm. And so I, I knew as early as six that I had a sense of humor and that I could make people laugh. And I started understanding after a while that making people laugh was a gift hmm. because laughter, laughter lightens people. It lightens yes, a room. It lightens a mood. Yeah. So I knew that was special. And I really had an affinity towards comedians. I really love watching and listening to comedians. I just now. But I didn't come to know the Lord in a personal way till I was like 14 or 15 years old. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know the connection from six to 14 between that gift and God. Right. Um, I knew I was. Yeah, I just knew. And, and most comedians are good communicators. Most comedians yeah. could preach sermons. Were you always a good communicator? Or right. Or was it a learned skill? N no, it was natural. Oh, okay. I mean, you, yeah. I don't know of a, of a comedian who's not a great storyteller. Right. So it's kind of part of the gifting. Mm-hmm. When, when I started realizing that I had something that God could use for his glory was probably late in my teenage years, maybe, maybe 19. Um... I started, I started, I, what, what happened was I started preaching, but mm -hmm. it, not around people. I would be by myself, like in my car, and I'd just start preaching a sermon. And it was just like these moments where I just felt this spirit come on me like, yes, and God says this, and God says that. And, and I was like, I was, I imagine I was talking to an audience that wasn't there. And it happened to me like several times. I would be at work. 
I worked at Giant Food and I was in in this in the department I worked in. Sometimes I had to go back into the warehouse area to restock the shelves that I worked in. And I'd be back there and I'd be preaching and it would happen again. And I was like, man, I got to. And, and I so I that's how I started knowing that I was supposed to preach. I would get these sermons. Did you write them down? Yeah, I started writing some of them out. In fact, I wrote one out completely as it was coming to me and I read it to my mother and she said, and when I finished, like, okay, so now I'm 19 years old. I'm not living for the Lord at all. I am living, I was saved, but I was living a, a hellian life. <laughs> Is that when you met mom? No, no, I oh. was serious about the Lord when I met your mother. Oh, okay. So, so I'm 19, I met her at 21. So I'm 19 years old. I sit there, I asked my mother to, to, to listen to this. I said, I want to read something to you. So I read a sermon. It was from Revelation chapter 3. I read the whole thing from front to end, and I never looked up at her. I'm just reading. <laughs> and my assumption is, while she's hearing this stuff, that she's crying, worshiping God, that she can't hold it together, and just the glory of God's falling. So I finished, and I looked up at her, and I folded the paper up. And she says, the devil gave you that. <laughs> and that was like, you know, it was so, my mother was such a, such a funny person that it didn't even hurt me. <laughs> it was like, I knew God gave me that. But she said, she, her assumption was, if you got anything that wasn't natural, if it was supernatural, it had to be demonic, given your life. There they ain't no way God talking to you. Like, so. Oh, you must so, have been living wild. Yeah, I was pretty out there. So we didn't talk about that, but but would 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 uh, we often laugh later? She was my biggest fan mm -hmm. at you know at uh, you know when it all, was all said and done. So we always joke about that, and I always try to encourage parents. And you know, no matter how out there your child is, like you never know when guys are gonna really get a hold of their life and do something amazing with them. Because yeah. my guess is when you look when you talk to my family especially and maybe some people that know me there's like the last thing we would think keith battle would be doing would be doing mm. the ministry so there's That's hope for somebody listening right now in fact i, I don't know if i'm gonna i don't want to take this too far to the left but I think the child that you're the child that you're dealing with that's experiencing the most darkness is maybe the child that brings the most light one day. Come on now. I, I, I think that and it makes sense that that child would be encapsulated by darkness so much because not only does God know what he wants to do with that child's life, but the devil knows, too. Mm -hmm. And what greater way of destroying the work of God than keeping that person in darkness. So. So believe wow. God for the best for, and I join anybody listening by faith, even right now for somebody in your family who's in darkness, that God would not only bring them out of that darkness, but bring them into the light and that they would be a light for others. Amen. Yeah. Amen. That's good. So nowadays, you know us millennials, we have so much access to information mm -hmm. all the time, 24-7. Yeah. So I'm sure like people probably look at your Instagram or look at what you're doing. Cuz we can be kind of your Instagram. <laughs> we can be kind of arrogant millennials, I'm not going to lie. Mm -hmm. And they probably like, "Man, I could do that. I could start a church or I could do what he's doing." Sure. What are some things that people don't see that in the forefront that go on behind the scenes that are not glamorous? Mm. Wow. That's a great question. 
And you know, it, that, check, that question takes me so many places because you're so right. People look at what someone else is doing mm-hmm. on the stage, right. but they don't know the backstage. They mm-hmm. don't know the production. They don't know the drama. But it took like, to get you there. Yeah, the preparation. Mm-hmm. I did what I did for a long time. Uh, I did what I did for a long time in obscurity before I got any notoriety for it. Mm-hmm. So I think people misinterpret. Like every now and then you'll see an artist who blossoms, in, you know, pretty suddenly. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it might be a rapper who's just 19 years old and, mm-hmm. and got the world by the, you know, Cardi in B. The, in, the, in the palm of their hands, right? But a lot of these artists were really grinding for 10, 15 years, yeah. you know, playing in smoke-filled nightclubs before they mm-hmm. got to the, to the, you know, selling out arenas, et cetera. It may have been Beyonce rehearsing in her parents' basement for years with Destiny Child before, you know, things took off. So I think what people don't see is all of the work all of the hard work when nobody's around Mm -hmm. the lonely times yeah what it cost me and my family to not to not be there a lot to to not be as close to my sons as i want to be to to have had a bad so building a big ministry and having a bad marriage right that's a cost yeah right um neglecting my health Mm. you know i almost died in 2011 i had I had a blood clot in my lung mm-hmm. and and you know I was close to you know most people die from pulmonary embolisms because they're only detected in autopsies yeah and I went to the hospital four times before they found it mm-hmm. like like but there's so many there's so many things um hating being hated on yeah being held back uh by envious leaders who didn't want to see you flourish. Yeah. People who who um, spoke spoke negatively about you to people who had opera who so there've been situations in my story where there were opportunities that I had and people who had the key to my next opportunity and somebody who sabotaged it by saying something about me that they knew that would um, that would, you know, caused me to miss the opportunity like it's just wow. there's so many there's so much cutthroat in every in every industry there's cutthroat right like i don't care if it's professional sports it could be entertainment it could be fashion it could be ministry it can be sales it could be stock it could be investment the financial business there is somebody who doesn't just want to compete with you they want to destroy you yeah they want to like like and it could be something petty like somebody say hey you know asha do i know her yeah i know right. her all right right like, right like right. you know what we ain't gonna even go there a little backhanded shade right right we ain't gonna even go there but what it does is it just files something in somebody's mind i wonder what that's all about right mm-hmm. and it may not even be anything substantive it just may be a disagreement they could be lying could be lying because they're haters exactly yeah i know them. like yeah people people get a little big and forget where they came from mm-hmm. like you know um you know somebody whose call you didn't return or whose text you like for me like somebody might call and not leave a message 
Mm-hmm. You know how many accidental calls you can get? I mean, I've dialed numbers by accident. Just my phone dialed a number. Didn't mean to, right? So if I don't leave you a message, I shouldn't feel an obligation that you return my call. Mm-hmm. Like just because you see a missed call from me. Right. But there are people who are like, yeah, you ain't see I called you? Like, mm. yeah, you didn't leave a message and I was in a meeting or whatever. So I, I just think the pressure that comes with expectations of people, because people still treat me like it's still 40 of us in an exhibit hall in Largo having mm-hmm. Bible study. Mm-hmm. They, they Particularly people who knew me when I started the church. So they still want that. So if I don't come to their aunt's funeral or I don't do their uncle's funeral, it's like how you think he like we was, we help him start this. Like right. they don't they don't they don't let you grow and understand that with growth, you have to build people around you who help you serve a larger body of people. So it's that it's expectations, it's people's judgment, all, all that stuff. So, yeah, yeah. you just just got to know what comes with it. Yeah. And I'm not saying somebody can't outdo me, do it better than me. I'm just saying, but there's a lot to come with it that you have to manage socially, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically, and all of those things you have to balance. And if you have a family, you have to balance stuff domestically. It's all those leads, Mm -hmm. the the domestic, the the medically and physically and spiritually and emotionally and domestically and maritally and parentally. Like it's all those leads you got to balance in your life while being successful in whatever it is you're doing you i would say have, all that basically you have to have tough skin yeah you do or <clears throat> even if your skin is tender you gotta have swift recoveries yeah like, like resilience yeah you gotta bounce back a lot so that yeah. brings me to another question mm-hmm. um i feel like people always are looking for something from you mm-hmm. like whether it's advice prayer mm-hmm. um help with a business plan mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. like it can get exhausting mm-hmm. so who pours into you <laughs> that's a great question again you guys are some great ones uh bishop td jake says everybody that needs you doesn't feed you mm-hmm that's and, true and you got to be careful because you can be serving out of deficit yes and when you serve out of deficit somebody's gonna pay like because mm-hmm. you're gonna feel entitled then you're gonna come home and say who didn't do this who didn't like the people at home gonna catch it somebody's gonna catch it yeah because you can't keep serving on e yeah I, so so it's not just who feed who pours into me it's what pours into me okay. i think is important what pours into me is laughter mm-hmm. what pours into me is nature mm-hmm. i like i like parks what you pour- like being outside i don't like being cold but i do like walking through parks i didn't know that yeah i do like walking through parks um i what feeds me is sports mm-hmm. um I, i'm a little deficient now it's you know during the nba season i get a lot of it so, um, but you know, since I stopped watching the NFL with this boycott, I don't get that. But I watch boxing. Mm-hmm. Those things I like. Sports. I like reading and I like learning. I like family. I like spending time with my family. I love that feeds me. Like, even though it usually costs me, like 
you know, because everybody in my family likes nice things. So it's going <laughs> to, if we go out, they don't want to go anywhere cheap and they don't want to go any malls that, but they don't, you know, punish me. Where do you think we got that from? I don't know. But, but it's, it feeds me in a way that the cost is worth it. Yeah. Like knowing this is my clan, this is my tribe and, and coming from such brokenness that the fact that we're still intact, glory to God. Um, I'm actually fed by my granddaughter, your daughter, like just her, her love and her hugs and her, her acknowledgement of me, like that I'm somebody she trusts and she feels connected to. Um, so those, those things, um, and places nurture me working out, um, being healthy. Mm hmm. Like I think, I think there's is my body's got to be right, my soul's got to be right, and my spirit's got to be right. So mm -hmm. I'd be remiss if I didn't say that worship and time in God's word mm -hmm. definitely nourishes me. I got to get that stuff in, or I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna give people I'm gonna be giving people more of me than than of God, than, right. you know, because I'm not connected. So, do you set intentional time throughout your day to be nourished, or is it just something that happens naturally? No, if I don't if I don't structure it, it's not gonna happen. What happens naturally is is everybody else's agenda. Yeah. So I have to start my day with I try to start my day with time with God and time for me, mm -hmm. and that includes time in His Word, working out. Um, reading, listening to worship music, like that really gets me ready for my day. And I try to start, that takes about an hour, hour and a half, two hours in the morning. And I overlap it. I try to do it while I'm working out. Mm -hmm. And most people in the gym, because I go to a gym where people know me, but mm -hmm. most people in the gym, if they see you with your headphones on or in, they usually kind of give you your space. And then yeah. people in there that time of day are really focused on their workout. So I don't have to worry I used to feel like I couldn't do my time of devotion and connecting with God while I was in the gym because I thought the, the, the people would interrupt. But but I find that I can do that because okay, I don't want to feel like I got to choose between my workout and my worship, which I'm going to hopefully pick worship and then but I'm going to be sick. Right. So when I have to layer it, I layer it like that. Like I do more than one thing together. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the day, I feel like I have enough in my tank to help enough people. That's good. And I also try not to, at the end of the week, Thursdays and Fridays, I try to minimize how many people have access to me that need something from me because I'm about to get into it. So Thursday's my day for my, my wife, my dating. Mm -hmm. And then Friday, I try to make sure I'm really starting to lock in and get ready for the weekend because we have, you know, we have services all through the week. So I have services starting on Saturday night now and they go through Sunday. And so. I Wait, have we have a service a sat on Saturday night now? Yeah, you didn't know that, but yeah, that's come. So probably, uh, yeah. So yeah, Saturday, 6 p.m., Zion Church, Fort Washington. Uh, mm. Depending upon when you hear this podcast, it may have already started, but it's definitely going to be starting the first Sunday in November, oh, November okay. 3rd, cool. Saturday at 6 p.m., trying to reach people who may not go to church, may not want to get up on a Sunday. That's you know, good. Want to sleep in Saturday and Sunday and still go to church. So, or they can go to church before the club. On the way in to get your pray, get prayed up for the for the for the turn up. <laughs> get prayed up for the turn up. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's funny. 
So, um, what are your, you said that it was important. You said that on Thursday and Friday, you try to like, I guess, disengage from everything from the crowd. Right. So Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm totally given to serving people. Mm. In my congregation, people who want to meet with me, etc. Thursday, I try to make sure I, that's my date day, and then I try to play pinochle with the Woodmore Pinochle Club. Right? That's, so Thursday that's and Friday is like your weekend. That's like your Saturday. Yeah, Sunday. because I work on Saturdays yeah. and Sundays. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Got it. But it's not totally a weekend because I have to do a lot of preparation for Saturday and Sunday because I have to. Typically, even when I'm not at Zion Church, which is periodically, I'm usually speaking at somebody's church on a Sunday, on a weekend. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. Cool, cool. So my, you know, when people have Friday, five o'clock, they like, for me, that's Wednesday. Oh, okay. That's when I kind of hit the tape and I feel like Thursday's my day to like, because, you know. When people's weekend is starting out, that's not my finish line. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So since we're talking about Zion, mm-hmm. can we talk about the new building? Sure. When can we see it? Well, you can see it anytime externally. Um, What's going on in there right now? Do you know? Nothing. Nothing. It's, 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 there's nothing going on in there. It's just as hollow as anything. Um, we bought the building November 2017, I think was our closed date, somewhere around October, November. Um, we thought in 18 months we'd be able to move in. Mm-hmm. We, we, that was our assumption. Well, it's been a year, and we haven't even started construction. Um, and that's partly because um, the permitting and reviewing process uh, in the county has been... Um, kind of really really excessively long okay and it takes it requires a lot of patience so we are making progress but those they're slow it's like it's not like something new happens every day something like something can be you know we can be waiting for six weeks on a on a on something we submit to be approved and then it may not get approved. It may get sent back to us and saying, you're going to have to do this to the lobby and you're going to have to create this and you're going to have to show us in the drawings how you're going to do this. And oh. then we submit those adjustments, resubmit them to the people who got to make the decision. And it's no telling if it's going to be three hours before they respond, three days, three weeks. It's just that's the dance. And mm. and so fortunately, we're not homeless. We have we have a place to meet even in the interim, but you know, I'm still I'm still excited about it. It's in yeah. Greenbelt Lanham. I think it's going to allow us to reach a new community, a new demographic of people in that area to yeah. add value to that area. Do back to school nights over there. They you showed know. the blueprint on um, a past Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Like with all the 3D images, it looks really nice. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be cool. It's going to be great. I saw that um, you guys are going to have a cafe. I think that's that's cool. Yeah. And possibly new employment opportunities. Could be. Could be. Depends upon how, how often we're open, 
what the general public wants around in that area. Mm -hmm. There is some competition from a cafe standpoint. I mean, it's you got a number of things right there. You got Dunkin' mm -hmm. Donuts right next door, glory to God. Yes. And you got, you I know. I heard there's going to be a marijuana dispensary. It is. It's going to be a medical monitor, medical marijuana dispensary right there for people who need that. And so, and it's wow. a liquor store, and it's Five Guys, and it's ice cream, and it's hair salon, and it's a barbershop, and it's a beauty supply store, and it's Jamaican food, and it's... Yeah. This, this is a nice it's a spot. little melting pot over there. Yeah, we hope we hope people are as excited about us being there as they are about everything else. We we think we'll add, you know, some economic value to all of those businesses because, you know, co our congregation likes to eat and, and we'll probably be vested in <laughs> every. Uh, uh, interestingly enough, there probably won't be a place over there that our folks won't visit. <laughs> <laughs> that's facts and that's facts and that's 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 all right <laughs> that's all right do you um is there parking in the back of the of the spot there is parking in the back it's limited but my guess is is that it will be a place where a lot of the insiders park oh, like okay. people who are maybe staff and key volunteers who just park around the the back side of the building and it's an and it's an you can actually exit from back there too. It's a little access road that can mm. get you out of there and back on the Greenbelt Road. Got yeah. you. Mm -hmm. So if anybody has any connects to the permit and review sectors, mm -hmm. eighty-eight twenty-nine Greenbelt Road. Get yeah. us that pass. Yeah. Anybody have any cash <laughs> that they want to help us uh, eliminate the debt and help with construction cost? Um, we also welcome that any mm -hmm. any donor that wants to just just listening that just wants to do that we we uh, welcome all of those things. Nice. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk no, about your no new gift book? too small? Yeah. No gift too small. <laughs> no gift too big either. <laughs> um, yeah, the new book. Um, why men and women cheat. Um, Psychology. Psychology. Yep. It's really about how affairs manifest, how to avoid them, how to recover from them, and um, you know, obviously, it's a it's a big book, big work in the sense of its impact. Um, it's it's you know, I have received the second edit. I, I had I hired two editors to do it to work on it. And now it's really back in my court to now review the edits and see what do I agree with, what do I disagree with, and then it goes. You know, it's also um, it's being it's going through a design process, a cover design. Mm -hmm. Then once I once I we complete the edits, then we'll submit it to an interior designer, who also it'll go through six more edits, and it will also um, proofreading edits, and it will also be laid out. So I'm paying for a custom interior design this time. And so it's going to be a much better quality book than my first book because I'm putting a lot more time in it and I'm dealing with multiple vendors. I'm not, I, I just took it to one place last time, mm -hmm. my first book, which was well written, but I took it to, in my opinion anyway, but I took it to one place and they did the editing, they did the printing, they did the mm -hmm. design, they did the they published it, did everything. Um, I'm, 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 I'm going to 
um, based on relationships I have, I'm, I'm trying to find the best. Yeah. Who do this? Who's the best that does this? And who's the best that does that? And and piecemealing it like that takes longer. Mm-hmm. But I think the book is so important. I don't want it to get in the hands of anybody that can't say this was first class work. Yeah. At every level. So. Excellent. So in, in light of that, I have no guaranteed delivery time when it's going to hit the stores or anything i can just tell you we're still working on it it's been yeah. written now it's being perfected and right. polished in it and how it's presented and how it how it reads and i plan on doing an audio version good and i'd love to hear from people if they think i should read it or how you should read it good because i read i listened to jay prince's book that was a good one that inspired me to read mine as well so definitely that so was I'm going to do that. So that's that's work too. Getting sitting down and reading my own book and recording that. So I'm looking forward to every aspect of it. It's a it's a significant investment too. Mm-hmm. You you know these people are not cheap who provide these services. Right. So why do you think people need to need to read your book? Why this topic? So, why? Yeah. So obviously the 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 thinking is that that married couples should read it. So that they can be hip to and aware of, because I think what you don't know can hurt you. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not, if you're not, sh- if you're not aware of how these things evolve, mm-hmm. and what are some of the signs in your marriage that you're leading to in the direction of infidelity. So obviously, married couples can be protected by reading the book, but also can be marriages can be preserved and rescued because I also talk about all right. If infidelity has taken place and betrayal has taken place, how do you rebuild something that's worth salvaging? Because mm-hmm. a lot of affairs are not are not necessarily um, heart level. Mm-hmm. It's just somebody was, you know, horny or empty or or it, it was just in many cases for men, it was just sex. It wasn't even it wasn't even. Um, they had any in, they had any they didn't even love their wives any less it's really it's really deep mm-hmm. that when you when you go into the psychology of it even though women feel like that that makes no sense but how do we rebuild what we still want to hold on to we got history together we have a family how do we rebuild it and protect the marriage in the future but i also think a lot of single people will benefit from this because i also talk about what constitutes a side chick or a side slick how do you develop? Because there, a lot of times those people are unmarried. So how do you know if you have side chick tendencies? How do you know as a single woman if you have reduced yourself down to somebody who's happy to be, you know, option B? Right. The weekend piece or whatever. What is a side slick? That's a man. So you got a side oh. chick, and I just needed a word for a side. It's because some women have a side dude, so yeah. I just call him a side slick. Oh, side chick, side slick. So so that they both have a name. Gotcha. Because I didn't want this book to just be, even though we call one of the taglines a side chickology, mm-hmm. that that a lot of dudes are slick. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of chicks are slick, but. There are a lot of dudes who are slipping into marriages and slipping into relationships with other women or married women and how that all evolves and and how people um, can live their life, live their best life without destroying somebody's marriage. Right. 
because that's, that's what it's about you know respecting and protecting marriages mm-hmm. and respecting and protecting your own even if you don't have one yet right like how, because how can i expect to have a solid marriage when i'm ruining so many others right right like, like i'm the marriage destroyer I'm the one that's coming to get your man. I'm the one that's coming to get your woman. Your woman calling me, which you know, Mr. like to steal your girl. Yeah, whatever. What is that? A movie? That's or a song? that's what that's Trey songs. A Trey song song. Yeah, and what's the one? What's the one? Slay. So what's the song about the weekend? Oh, uh, you're my nine to five. Yeah, she's your nine to five. I'm the weekend. And what's the uh, that artist's name? Scissor. Scissor. Yeah. I don't remember the name. Yeah. You so quote a scissor in your book? I quote a scissor in a message. Side Chickology Part 2, which you can go oh, to our yeah. website and see. That's on YouTube. On YouTube. If y'all want to check it out, I'm going to put yeah, a link. Yeah, tell them about to get to YouTube and how to how we can get, how they can email us. We want to keep people posted about what stuff we're doing. Yeah, yeah so I'm going to put the link in the uh, description for this episode to the, to the YouTube channel, Keith Battle's YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put a link um, so you can be on his mailing list so you can keep your tabs on him and know when the book's coming out. Know where I'm speaking and stuff. Yeah. And you can also ask questions. If you have any questions for Keith Battle on sagacitycompany.com, the link will be in the description. There is a button that says ask a question at the foot of the website. Yeah. And ask any question you like. And it really is me. Now, yeah. Asha, Asha manages all of my social media pages, but it really is me responding to stuff. So that's not a ghostwriter. And I wrote my books, both of them. <laughs> but I write some of his sermons. Y'all See, ain't know now, that. Now you're now you welling. <laughs> I wish you would. Save me some time. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's all the questions I have. You, you got what a way to end, you want to say? What a way to end the interview. No closing statements. Finally. You don't have a finally. Um, finally. Um. <laughs> what you got planned? What what we, I heard we're babysitting Friday. We got to talk about this here? Yeah. This, this is a keep it real show. We can talk about it at the music. You know, when the music comes on, that means we're going out. So you can cut the music on. That oh, means, okay. means we're fading. Yeah. <laughs> Some All right, birthdays guys. coming up. Whose birthday, Kendall? Your your younger your youngest brother's coming up. Your aunt Terry. You're right. So we're gonna have the babysitting duties. Yeah. Hey, hey, y'all, be on the lookout for some great podcasts coming up. Um, we're excited about that. Excited that you all join us each and every week. We're really grateful. I'm, I'm grateful. I hope you spread the word. Tell other people about this podcast. Tell them about how it's you know, affecting your life. And if you enjoy the show, please do me a favor. Head to iTunes or SoundCloud and like or subscribe or comment. All that. Just hit us up. We love hearing back from you guys. And again, as Asha said, if you have any questions and you'd like for me to answer on air, I can answer more on air. I might just answer directly. If it's a great question, I might just wait and answer it on air. Please head over to sagacitycompany.com. That's sagacity, S-A-G-A-C-I-T-Y, company, C-O-M-P-A-N-Y, sagacitycompany.com. There's an ask a question button at the bottom of the homepage. I'll do my best to answer your most pressing questions and uh, be looking out. Send us some ideas 
episodes you'd like us to talk about, things you'd like us to cover, and we'd be happy to get it on. You know, we try to talk about everything and anything. Yep. And everybody. Mm-hmm. And anybody. And your mama. So, and your father. <laughs> <laughs> we love y'all. We'll catch you next time right back here because I'm taking back over the Keith Battle Podcast. <laughs>